0: a very special guest probably our white whale the podcast we've been trying to get him on for i think four months now Oh
1: geez. Uh,
2: it's actually dj cutman
1: hi how are you hello Good.
2: yeah thanks for joining us dj cutman been yeah. a fan for years now
1: <laughs> oh awesome well thank you for listening yeah i just got off of tour and i finally had some time to sit down and um so here i am hi
0: <laughs> <laughs> how was the tour you went to It was awesome. I went,
1: uh, yes, I went to San Antonio, Texas. I went to Toronto in Canada. I also went to Frisco in Texas. And uh, I had a a con in uh, Pennsylvania, right outside of Philadelphia. And um, it doesn't sound too crazy of a tour, but every week in the middle of the week, I was flying back home to do my podcast this week in Chiptune. And um, I kind of really like put a lot of weight on myself, and I decided to do a different set for every single show and every con and, and, of course, every episode of the podcast. So I I was just constantly in a state of either preparing for one set, and then as soon as that set was over, I was preparing for a completely new set. So it was just, it was very intense and and, and a lot of fun, but I am glad to finally be home and just chilling and hanging out.
0: Oh my God, a different set?
1: Yes, and I re- and I did really good job Actually, recording all of them, I think, or most of them. And usually, I always f- forget to hit record when I'm playing cons and stuff. But um, I did at at San Japan. I did a whole set of house music. I played twice at San Japan. I also did a set of drum and bass. And then at um, up in Toronto, I did like a set of like future bass and trap music. And then at SGC, I don't even remember what I played, but I know <laughs> that it was not it was it was all improvised based off Grimecraft's set who had played right before me and I was listening to the music he played and I tried to like sort of play in kind so um, and then of course uh, This Week in Chiptune is a new Chiptune mix, a mix of like new Chiptune music um, every Wednesday so it's like I'm preparing for like a rave set and then I'm preparing for a podcast set and then it's like and then dance, and then podcast, and then dance, and then podcast. (laughs) Lots of stuff. And I'll be giving away those recordings on my Patreon, even if they're not super great recordings. (laughs) I haven't listened to them yet. Uh, But hopefully I can stitch something together for SoundCloud, too. Oh,
2: that's great. Is it
0: easier with the digital music where like, you don't have to rehearse with bands and stuff to switch up songs on the fly like that and improv.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that one of the real natures of, of being a, a DJ and a, and a good DJ is to be able to play um, the right music for the right show, for the right audience, for the right venue, yada, yada, yada. So uh, I know that some people call themselves DJs and will go on tour and play the same set every night. But um, unless you're, like, playing a set of all original music and you're more of, like, an electronic musician than a DJ. I feel like it's really important for DJs to, to not replace the same set because you don't know if the people will be into the same kind of music and you don't know if the venue, if it's going to sound right. You know, you can't play, you can't play like dubstep bangers at like a coffee shop at (laughs) 7 PM. You know, I mean you could, but I don't think you (laughs) should. So as a DJ, I try to go in, I have a big library of music that I have prepared. Um, hundreds if not thousands of songs all prepped in my dj software but then like i go to the show i sometimes i ask people what kind of music they like before the show just to get a sense of what the vibe is and then um like i was surprised to find that people were still like really into dubstep and like hard electro house in uh san antonio where everybody in frisco texas at sgc was very much into future bass and then everybody was like all about house music in toronto so if i just tried to play one of those sets at all three shows uh it would have probably been A little sus. But instead, um, I kind of improvised and and worked with the music that I had and my whole library of video game music at Game Chops um, really, really helps. And I think, you know, I I feel like I played well and that people were really into it. So that was great.
0: That's amazing. It's so different just even within the same state.
1: Yeah, no, I right. I was surprised. I was surprised, and like in in Frisco, there's barbecue restaurants everywhere, and then in San Antonio, there weren't any. There was all Mexican places, which <laughs> I didn't mind at all. I love Mexican food. I love barbecue too. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was it was surprisingly different. I, I don't go down to Texas that often, maybe a couple times a year, but it was a it was a fun time for sure.
2: Well what's your sleep schedule like man i feel like you have to (laughs) you must be really (laughs) busy like pulling yeah pulling late nighters and like i know you also are like a fan of video games do you ever find time to even play anymore
1: less time than i used to for sure um i remember being like a kid on the internet and talking to some friends who are older and they were like man i barely have time to play games anymore and i was like what's the point of living if you can't (laughs) play games but i totally feel it now i do have time i I get i managed to get in a couple rounds of splatoon every now and again i've been playing fire emblem awakening again on my 3ds which is just awesome that game is so good just so so such a such tight gameplay it's just so nice uh so i played that a lot on my plane and on my trip and um playing a little bit of Splatoon. I have a ton of games on Steam I'm trying to get to for my stream and for my YouTube channel, but since it's my first week back, I've only done, like, one little stream exploring the new update in Splatoon, and uh, I haven't edited it yet, but um, that's hopefully what I'm getting to today, some of this video stuff. But, yes, I have time to play games. It's not a lot, but luckily, because I'm streaming on Twitch, and I'm a partner at Twitch, and I have my YouTube channel, Cutman Plays. Um, when I'm playing games, I'm able to sort of, like, box it into, a, like, a work formula. So, like, while I am playing games and having a ton of fun playing Splatoon, I'm, like, keeping track of how long I'm playing and um, what kind of modes I'm playing so that I uh, I can edit the videos um, for my channel. So it's really, really great.
2: Nice. Yeah, accomplishing shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And basically, like, my MO is to just always be getting stuff done um always be being productive or taking like mandatory chill outs every once in a while like yesterday was I, it was a, kind of a joke. I was like, tomorrow's going to be my first day off in five weeks. This was this is what I said after my show on Wednesday. Thursday is going to be my first day off in five weeks. I'm going to just do nothing. I'm going to just play Splatoon. I ended up working for about three and a half hours, um, <laughs> uploading my podcast, w- updating my website. I like, got a nice little feature in the works on my This Week in Chiptune website, and I also like mastered a song for a friend. Um but I wasn't like grinding down on work or traveling from city to city to city, so it was still like a pretty fun day. I managed to get a couple things done, but mostly I just chilled out all day. I didn't get dressed until like four p.m. It was it was awesome.
2: Nice. <laughs> Everybody needs those days. So yeah, I hope definitely. you have more of them in your future.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, me too. I mean, I really feel like at least like once a week I got to take a day or a half day off because. You know, you get so sometimes you get so worn down that you want to keep working, but you're not effective anymore. So I'm learning that lesson.
0: Man, your days off are more productive than my days on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of like when I had my day job.
2: So when did uh, you get started with This Week in Chips Tune? I know it's a podcast where you kind of like, it's also kind of like a radio broadcast of certain Chiptune Tune artists. Am I correct?
1: Yeah, I used to call it, before I realized that what it is, is a podcast, I used to call it a radio format streaming music program. like That's pretty catchy, right? Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but This Week in Chiptune Tune started on April 3rd, 2013. I have my awesome website to thank for being able to give me that exact date like on the drop of a hat Uh, so it started in April 3rd 2013 um, as a just a free show on my SoundCloud because I had the name this week in chiptune like it like was catchy and like I was like I want to do a show um with that name because that name sounds so catchy and I wish there was more shows uh, that were like highlighting great chip tune music because I love chiptunes and video game music and all that. Um but I had also moved to Philadelphia like within a year or so of that time and I was trying to get a residency as a DJ and I just could not lock one down, you know. I I wear a suit and I play video game music and dance music and um, well, I think the music's good and accessible. A lot of people are kind of scared away from that persona. Um, they want something more top 40 for a bar or a club. And I get it. And I get it. Um but I wanted work as a DJ, like, so bad. That's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to continue working in an office job forever. So um, I started doing This weekend in Chiptune on this uh, DJ streaming website, Mixify. And uh, that was really fun. And I did it for, like, 20 or 30 weeks uh, just for free. Um, but the thing about a podcast is I have to pay for the hosting to keep it up on iTunes. I also put it up on SoundCloud and stuff. And um, somewhere around the 30th episode, I, like, crossed from, like, one gig to two gigs on how big the podcast was because it had, you know, 30 weeks each an hour long of an MP3. Um, And when that happened, the cost of the show really shot up because I was paying like something like $4 a month or something to keep the podcast up. And I was like, I could swallow $4 a month for a fun little hobby. But then it made a big jump to like 20 bucks a month. And I was already spending anywhere between 10, 20 or $30 on the music that I play every week. So it's like all of a sudden I'm like realizing, holy crap, my fun little hobby is costing me like a hundred dollars a month. And you know, a bunch of hours each week. Um, that's a little scary and I didn't know if I was going to be able to continue doing it. I did an episode on Christmas Eve and I like brought my whole setup to, uh, my mom's house and we like did it in the living room and it was really nice and I played all Christmas music. Um, but I told everyone, I was like, I don't know if I can keep doing this show. It's expensive. It's a lot of time and, um, money is really tight and it's, this show's just making it tighter. So that's when I decided to open up my Patreon campaign um in hopes that i could cover some of the cost of this thing and in the miracle that is you know the internet um the costs were covered in like two days i was i i had people who had contributed anywhere between like five to twenty dollars a week to help me pay for the cost of the show and when i hit that mark i was like all right now i can do this this week in ship tune without it being like a financial burden on myself uh, that's amazing. I'm gonna keep doing it. But the, mirac- the 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 kind of miraculous and amazing thing that happened is as I continued doing more episodes, more people came out of the woodwork and started pitching in. And now this week in Chiptune is like a real job for me. It's like, um, thanks to all of my awesome supporters on my Patreon campaign, I'm able to do the show every week and not worry about the cost of hosting, uh not worry about um what music I can buy because of how much money I have in my PayPal account, you know, and uh, also help me pay my bills. So it's really, really exciting. And this weekend, Chiptune has become, I feel like it's always been like a really important part of what I do because it's promoting Chiptune artists all over the world. It's putting the music in a format that we very rarely hear Chiptune in, like a curated, uh, mixed set. Um, and, and so I feel like I'm doing right by the Chiptune scene. And it's also, you know, uh, the audience has been just so appreciative and so wonderful that um, they've been supporting me on Patreon so I can continue doing it and doing cool stuff. So I'm really super grateful for everybody who's pledged and everybody who's listened to the show. And then of course to all of the great chiptune artists who are putting out music all the time uh, and allowing me to play it on the show. So it's it's really been it's really been awesome.
2: Um has it been a challenge getting in touch with certain artists because I know like you probably have to you've done a lot of networking over the years. How yeah. does that how does that work?
1: Um so the way that it works is almost all of the music that I buy uh, for this week in Chiptune is off of Bandcamp and every time I'm going to play a song on the show, uh, Bandcamp lets you um send a message to the artist when you download their album. So oh, that's what I do every week is if I find an artist who I haven't played already with Uh, who I haven't played on the show already and gotten their blessing, I just send them a message when I download the album like, hey, great music. Is it cool if I play this on This Week in Chiptune? And then if I think they haven't heard of me, I put a link to the website and um, every single person has said yes, which is just so awesome. I mean, I don't know why anybody would not want me to promote their music because I put a full track list on every episode. I put links back to everybody's band camp and I encourage my listeners to go out and buy this music if they like it. Um, but it's just been so awesome because, uh, everyone's just been, everyone in the scene has been so receptive and, um, generous with letting me use their music. So, um, yeah, I just, I feel like I've been really, I'm really doing a good thing. And, you know, that's what I went. I set this, I started this whole thing to promote tune music, like not to make any money. I started it because I wanted to DJ more often and I wanted to promote the music I like. So it's really awesome that I'm getting to do it. Uh, and I also have this bed of support from both the people creating the music and, and the people who are listening.
2: Hell yeah. We definitely share a lot in common in the sense that uh, we <laughs> we know what it's like to have like a hosting service like bump up in costs. So that's why we ended up building our own. Oh, nice. Um, it's, still, it's, it's up in the air for what it's going to be called, but uh, we'll let you know if, if it's going to be a cheaper alternative for you.
1: Oh, hell yeah. Because
2: <laughs> it's really, it's pretty slick. But then another thing I feel like Oh shit, I'm losing my train of thought. But what do you have to say, Bren? <laughs> I
0: was going to say uh Chiptune has become uh massively popular in the quick time in the short amount of time that it's been around. Yeah. And I'm wondering if do you think because it's so young that that is one of the reasons artists are so quick to collaborate with each other and kind of help each other out, whereas like rock and roll has been around for like decades and no one really needed it like it's, you know, you make it on your own or you don't make it at all. Whereas yeah. it's, just, it's a digital <laughs> format and you you're more easy to Uh, collaborate with people all across the world because of the uh, technology that we have now.
1: Well, due to the nature, I think of chiptune music is a lot. It's, there's not a lot of it is commercial. A lot of it is free. And historically chiptune music has always been free. I mean, there are people making professional level recordings that are charging for them. And I think that that is great to have people who are like getting studios to record their game boys and, and hiring mastering engineers and making sure that their music sounds as good as it can, because uh, there used to be a myth that because it's chiptune, it doesn't have to be high quality, but I just don't agree with that at all. I think a lot of these old game boys and Nintendos have, uh, A really wonderful sound that um, can really be brought out through great recording and great mixing. Um, I think generally, um, chiptune is not that young. I mean, it's been going on for years and years and years. I mean, back into the 80s, some of the most famous chiptune songs are uh, old video game music. So um, it's definitely been around, but I feel like the reason that chiptune tune is getting so popular is it's very fun and because of the way that it's written it's programmed instead of written. I mean some people will write chip tune music on like a DAW like Fruity Loops or or Ableton or FL Studio or Ableton and um and that's really cool but most chip tune music it historically is programmed on a piece of software called a tracker which is written up to down instead of left to right and it's very unlike uh traditional music writing and I feel like because chiptune is produced in this unique way the people who understand it can understand it really really well and it's easy to take a very small file we're talking 20 kilobytes or something like that or less or or 64 kilobytes like super tiny that contains an entire song or one megabyte that contains an entire album Where if it was an mp3 it would be like a hundred times that size so even on countries that don't have great internet or don't have great tech passing around songs information about chiptune music is a lot easier so i feel like um with very very low tech i mean literally you can buy gameboy at a garage sale you can spend 50 dollars on a cartridge and two dollars on software and then there you go for for 60 bucks you can be writing Full complete songs, you know, with a chiptune thing. Without spending any money, you can download an emulator and start writing on it right now. Download a free Game Boy emulator, download the demo of LSDJ or another uh, chiptune ROM, and just get going. So I think the fact that there's a very low barriers to entry, the only entry, the only barriers to getting into chiptune would be the fact that you gotta learn how to write chiptune music. And I think that um, this sort of method appeals to a certain kind of person. Um, maybe not a traditional musician. I know when I went from, you know, playing saxophone and piano to writing chiptune music, uh, it was very refreshing because it was so different. And I had struggled with writing music on a staff and even on a DAW. But then when I went into writing music on the Game Boy, it was just so freaking different and fun that I I really liked it. So I think that the nature of how chiptune is made uh, has really helped it be used in all kinds of places. And pop music in, uh, you know, in underground tunes, raves, and all kinds of places. It's it's created in a way that is different from everything else, so I think it inherently has a different sound than most music that we hear today.
2: Agreed. And I know plenty of
0: people who will listen to it, and it might not be their typical type of music, but they'll hear um, a sound effect or a tune used from a game they had in their childhood. Yeah. And it will just, it'll just hit that nostalgia bell. And they'll be immersed in that artist and try to find more and more. And that's You know, You just need one song to just suck you in.
1: Yeah, I think nostalgia plays a part. But a lot of people will be like, nostalgia the big thing. But man, I, I'm telling you, I go to shows and sometimes they're really young kids that did not, were not alive when game, when game Boys were out. Were not alive when chiptune was the sound of video game music. Like, And they're into it. And they're into it hard. So I think while well, nostalgia is definitely something for older people... Uh, young adults and even just generally people who have been around tech for many many years. I don't think it's the only appeal. I think that chip tune is just a fun, happy sound, and that appeals to people, especially like coming out of you know the big dubstep craze of two thousand twelve or whatever we want to call it, um, <laughs> and the loudness war and all these big things that happen with popular music. Um, the fact that chiptune has been like this fun little niche thing for so long and has a lot, a lot of history, I think it appeals to people in a way that like dubstep and trap and even like rock and, and radio-ready music just can't because it's been so loved for so long and it's so unique in the way that it's made and the way that it sounds that um, people looking for just something new, uh, chiptune is just like the perfect, the perfect place to go.
0: I'm you were saying earlier that you were having trouble finding a um, you know position at a club or so. Do you think it would be easier now that I know so many barcades and you know video game <laughs> clubs are like emerging where you can play games while drinking or while hanging out? Do you uh, think one of them might potentially be a better chance?
1: Um, uh, I don't. I I wish I didn't have this answer, but no. No, I don't. Uh, DJing is so fiercely competitive. And being a DJ at a bar or a club, a lot of people have this idea that DJs are rock stars and can do whatever they want and book world tours and yada, yada, yada. But I really, truly believe that DJs are staff. It's a staff position. And uh, they can come in as a guest. But the goal for a DJ, or the mission of a DJ, is to play the right music for the people and the right music for the place and the event. And I think a lot of bars – I mean, the barcades that we have here in Philly don't book musical acts at all. They put on classic rock, and then that's what they do, and that's cool. <laughs> and here in Philadelphia, there have been DJs who have been rocking these same bars and clubs for 10 or 20 years. And um, the clubs are happy with it. The, they play the music that the, that is appropriate for what the club owners want. Um, they perform well, and they show up on time, I can only assume. So um, – <laughs> They're sticking with it. And, um, and that's why I love the video game and the chiptune scene so much is because when I started this in 2010, uh, D- being DJ Cutman, when I left my job at a recording studio uh, to start DJing and, and trying to make my own music uh, into a thing, um, there was nobody really DJing video game music. There was nobody who was curating chiptune. I mean, there was a few things online, but you would never go out. I, I had never gone out to a venue and heard video game music. I had never gone outside of a club or walked to a pizza place and heard chiptune playing. Like, I was living in upstate New York. Maybe that's why. I know there were scenes in, like, New York City um, going on at that time, but my mission was to, like, bring this kind of music that I really liked uh, to a broader audience because, uh, you know, I just thought it... I just think it's great, and I wanted to share it. And I think that's the spirit of what a DJ should do. They should be sharing music they think is good. They should be playing to the right music for the right place but they should also be taking risks and introducing people to stuff that they may not know or may not be totally comfortable with because you know that's kind of our that's our duty as djs to to inform while also like you know playing the role of this is what we're doing here you know this is a cool you know opening for a museum we're gonna play some nice chill music and hang out and maybe i'll sneak some some lighter more upbeat chiptune stuff in at the right moment and you guys will hear it and maybe somebody will know that it's from marble madness and then maybe some people will have (laughs) never heard of that game and uh that's fine and that's fine and so that's a lot of the fun that i have with djing is uh sort of um doing my job as as a staff member for an event and playing the right music but at the same time using that position to introduce people to new stuff and hopefully make new fans of the music that i like
2: Hmm, definitely I'm curious
0: when you brought up. Um, I guess I say I'm curious way too much on this show, um, <laughs> but a uh, couple that we just interviewed a few weeks ago now, the developers of the Feist game. I know one of them actually donated to a Kickstarter to help raise money for a digital art museum. Oh, and nice! I know that with this technology, and it's been a running theme on our podcast of video games are becoming easier to make for everybody like you don't have to be part of a major studio to build your own game now yeah and that uh game with more people doing it more people are making art with video games as opposed to like a game with a specific end goal so Mm -hmm. i'm wondering if these games are going to be into a new form of art and maybe like you could do a museum opening and dj it with exactly all
1: chiptune. That's that's so cool that you said that, because on this tour, I played an opening party for the first, I believe it's called the First National Video Game Museum in Frisco, Texas. Um, And it's not even open yet. It was like a pre-party, and I did exactly that. Um, So, yeah. It sounds like
2: opportunities like that exist then, so that's
1: exciting. The Video Game History Museum. That's what it's called. I think think that's it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's it. Video Game History Museum. Yep, in Frisco, Texas. And it's still working. Like, when I was there, there were some outlets that were not, were just holes in the wall. And uh, there was an awesome arcade with, like, a bunch of really great old arcade cabinets in really good shape. So, uh, it was definitely exciting. But, yeah, these things are starting to pop up. The gamer culture, I mean, we've, for me, I've been playing games my whole life. And I think a lot of people have. Um, But we're finally, it's finally coming into, like, the public the public's knowledge that everybody plays video games, you know what I mean? Like, whether it's on a mobile phone, whether it's on a computer or a console or, or a handheld or whatever, uh, so many people play video games. And, you know, back in the 2000s or even the 90s, like, it was more of like a weird little niche nerdy thing. But now it's like so many people do it that I think more bigger organizations... um, are getting into throwing video game related events. And I think that that's really awesome because it's more chance for our nerds like us to get out uh, and it's more opportunities like for me to perform as a DJ and share music. And it's more opportunities uh, for game music fans to be able to go out and, and, hear this kind these kind of tunes and like, and and party basically. So I think it's really, really great.
0: I know um, with different um, sites online too, are getting, I, I know society six is one in particular that somehow gets the rights from, people that make fan art and are able to put it on merchandise and sell it and the artist gets a decree of the um royalties for it so and i've seen some of the most amazing video game art i've ever seen in my life and i would go poor really (laughs) quick if i could just buy everything i wanted but like it's just becoming so gorgeous and it's undeniable to say this isn't art or at least some of the stuff people have made just because it's based off a video game like it is astoundingly beautiful
1: yeah, uh, and that's what's so awesome about the fandom um, is that people, how do we say this? Um, it's like there's so much talent in this scene, not just on the side of creating, but on the side of just appreciating, and so many talented people love video games and love this stuff and and create art that, that supports their fandom and in turn promotes the scene in a positive way, um, and I think that that's just great.
2: I finally remembered, I know it was like 10 minutes ago, <laughs> but I remembered what we also share in common It's the fact that you bring together like, uh, chiptune artists that have, you bring together a common entrance amongst the audience you're, you're trying to reach with the fact that you want them to enjoy the chiptune that you enjoy. We have a podcast network where we're trying to provide the same thing of just our content's nerdy. If you're a nerd, hopefully you like something on our podcast network. So. I can definitely relate to that. I know it was like ten minutes ago. Sorry, I <laughs> know it's fine. <laughs>
1: callback. Uh, one
0: thing we also uh, share, though, we were both at too many games.
2: Oh yeah,
1: too many games. I didn't games even is
0: know were awesome. gonna be there. Yeah, we ran into each
1: other. Yeah, um, that um, that's a great example of uh, the con that really got me started. That I started this whole last five week tour on. I I, I DJ too many games. I DJ the convention room floor, so I'm playing the music throughout the whole con all day. So that's pretty intense gig, you know. I'm DJing for seven to nine hours each day and i've been doing this yeah. for five years now but um something uh, i lost my train of thought too um just thinking <laughs> about that gig like got me tired like oh i'm ready for that again uh clearly not totally calibrated to the afternoon yet but uh but yeah i mean like just having that experience to play out and, sh- and basically have free reign and play any type of video game music I-, I want uh has just been so great so i love that con and uh, i love getting a chance to dj there
0: yeah, it was great. I was mad because the one day I could actually go to it was Saturday, and that was the one day my buddy, uh, J.R. Schmidt, was actually not DJing. Like, oh, just, yeah, J.R. is Fridays.
1: awesome.
0: Yeah, I was so mad I couldn't get to see him, but it was a great con. I was glad to find something local. Like I had no idea that that was right, bu- you know, right in my backyard within the area. I assumed everything major con related had to be in Philly or else you know New York City. Yeah, but it's popping up, you know, in smaller towns like PA.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's awesome.
2: Totally. Also, I need to hopefully you can forgive me. Like we've been we've been using your music for the theme song <laughs> to our one conversation game called I was the walrus. But in doing so, when I borrowed your clip for that, I put the sound of a walrus grunting over the tune. So hopefully that doesn't upset me. <laughs> no, it's man. been our theme song. For the longest time, and it's just a goofy little thing.
1: That's awesome. do what you want, man. It's, it's, <laughs> it's good. All
2: right, that's we, good. We always
0: point people to your bank camp to hear. The oh, thank you so much, Walrus. Yeah, the first. non non the non Walrus
1: cut, of course, <laughs> <Yeah>. of course.
0: <laughs> Maybe we just start slipping other other marine animals into. Uh,
1: Dolphins our... are pretty funny. I, I always laugh <laughs> when I hear a dolphin sound. So
2: I don't know.
0: Do otters click? Can we put otters in uh, Ant Bee's soundtrack?
2: Oh, there we go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, my main question though, mm-hmm. why Cut
1: Man? Oh, this question, huh?
0: It always, I'm sure it always comes up, but I
1: gotta know myself. Um well there's a couple of reasons. Um I'll give you I'll give you two of them. So the first reason is I feel like Cutman got the short end of the stick in Mega Man 1. He is a goofy boss, his power sucks, he's the first person that everybody beats, and he's basically <laughs> a robot designed to cut down trees. But he has like clean edged Blades, which would just be terrible at cutting down trees, like just, just not the tool you would want to use to cut down trees. So, um, I feel like Cutman is the robot master most likely to quit Wily Corp <laughs> or whatever, and um, and get another gig. Uh, but the, but the true story of how the name got, um, the name got stuck is that uh, when I was working in a recording studio, uh, one of my clients had nicknamed me Cutman because I was really good at cutting out little bits of audio by eye in Pro Tools. And then when I started DJing, I kept the name because um, the way I was making my remixes was all based around uh, cutting samples from video game music and cutting little drum bits and sort of basically cutting and pasting these pieces back in a different order uh, or chopping, as it's sometimes called. So uh, I was really living up to the name Cut Man. I was like cutting uh, bits of audio to make my remixes. And then, um, you know, I kind of lined it up with the Mega Man thing and it all just all made sense.
2: That's oh, amazing. That's I really great. thought it would have been like based off of the Mega Man thing, but the fact that you earned that nickname just by doing uh, what you do—that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was really cool, and that's why kind of just, to, to me it looked like this all is lining up. Let's go for it.
0: Be weirder if your name was DJ Farrowman? Man.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, DJ I, the Clown Man, DJ Pharaoh man, Pharaoh man, is badass. But yeah, <laughs> DJ DJ Woodman woodman. Um, I I, play, I I only play wood blocks. I just have a bunch of wood blocks. <laughs> That's so funny actually. I like that idea a lot.
0: Wasn't it I think Mega Man 6 where all the robot masters were actually fan-submitted ideas?
1: Oh so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I think like that might have one of the oddest collections. Like there's like Centaur Man and like uh Tomahawk Man. Mhm. Oh man. I prefer G- uh Set uh, DJ uh Shadow Man myself.
1: Oh, Shadow Man's awesome.
0: He's the only one in that game to not be designed by both Wily or Dr. Light. Oh, really? Yeah. I found that out just now, actually. DJ, but...
1: DJ shadow man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Get a lot of bass and really dark
1: tones.
2: I guess we won't keep your, you, you, you any longer. We've, <laughs> I feel like you have a busy day ahead of I, you. Oh my
1: gosh. So much stuff. Yes. But <laughs> it's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Um, is there anything else that that you wanted to ask um, before I? Head I on? guess
2: let's just do a quick. Um, how can listeners reach you? Let's uh, get like an official. Oh yeah. Plug.
1: Um. Okay. So the best way. There's a few ways to listen to my music. Um. Depending on what you want. If you want to hear my remixes as DJ Cutman, I uh, just go to music.djcutman.com or uh, just djcutman.com. Um. So that's my band camp where you can hear all the remixes I've produced. If you want to hear about my podcast. Um, my weekly chiptune mixes, which is a new mix every week, uh, you can go to thisweekinchiptune.com and uh, the whole podcast is there. Uh, you can also search This Week in Chip Tune on YouTube. And if you're interested in the video game music record label that I now run, um, that's called Game Chops. You know, I was talking about... Ch- cuts or chops earlier so you can uh just go to youtube.com slash game chops or gamechops.com and check out the whole catalog you can also search dj cutman or game chops on spotify or itunes and find all the music that way so so i'm all over
2: yeah great yeah listeners definitely check him out Check it's it out. awesome stuff
0: check and out the game chop cds too because i bought the spin dash one,
2: oh, and it awesome.
0: just opened my world to all those other chiptune artists i didn't know about before oh that's
2: great
1: yeah, I'm, yeah, it's
2: mind-boggling.
1: That that well, thanks for the support. Yeah, we don't even sell CDs online. Um, they're just like specials for cons. So I'm glad that you got one.
2: Oh, I
0: waited my way through the onslaught horde of South Street in Philly on Free Comic Book Day.
1: That's right, I remember. And thank you for that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I didn't realize it was Free Comic Book Day until I got there, and I was just like, "Oh no!" It was
1: like a South Street Stout, South Street Spring Festival and Free Comic Book Day. It was it was quite a day.
0: Yeah, I, I got up to the front, and I was just like, oh, I'll just walk in, see if he's inside, and like bounce bouncer at the door, she's like, nah, line starts back there, and it was like, around the block. Yeah, just, oh, dude, Christ. it
1: was neat, it was nice. It was
2: nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Cool, and um, well, I guess also, listeners, if you like our podcast, uh, give us a rating or review on iTunes if you get the chance, and you can always reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook, our handle's ABTSilence. Um. Thanks for joining us, DJ Cutman. It's been a blast. Hopefully, we'll have you on down the line someday in the future as well.
1: Yeah, thanks so much
2: for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. All right, we'll see you next week, guys. All right. Bye. Bye.